0: Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Wednesday. It is February 23rd. This month is uh, slipping away really fast here, folks, as we, uh, man, things were, uh, again, kind of crunching down yesterday in the red territory. We'll talk about that more when Dave joins us here in just a second. But before we go there, let me just remind you folks that there is only one thing that any of us can control. And that's how much risk you have in your current portfolio. And if you don't know what that risk number is, I invite you to give us a call and let's walk through our core retirement design where we can help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. The number to call is 863 382 0037. And we've got Dave coming up now.
1: Do we have a reason to be cheerful this morning at all?
0: Hey, we do. We've got uh, futures in the green ink, which is we haven't really seen that in a while. So, It was, uh, it is good to see that. However, we've got some rather um, unsettling news on the other front. We closed yesterday, Dave, the S&P 500 closed in correction territory, which means that it's down more than 10% from its high. And I think you've got the exact number. I didn't see the exact number this morning. I just saw the headline that it's down below 10.
1: Yeah, I poked at my little laugh and scratch calculator. The S and P closed, and it was uh, that's up from where, where where it hit bottom. But it closed 10.2 percent down from its all-time high. Nasdaq is now 17.5 percent down from its all-time high, and the Dow hasn't quite hit correction territory yet, at least at a close. I think it was yesterday for a little while but it's down 9.1% from its all-time high. And after one of those uh, psychological numbers, like a 10% dip happens, there's always a little bit of a bounce. Today's going to be kind of a tail of the tape to find out whether or not we can actually sustain a little bit of a recovery off those bottoms.
0: It will. You know, we we are seeing green ink, and it's a nice, solid green ink this morning. Um, So the question is, will this be a one-day wonder? Or will it continue to go up the rest of this week and uh, and and let us go, you know, wipe the sweat off our foreheads and say, okay, now we're going back the right direction.
1: Yeah, and that's our kajillion-dollar question as to whether or not we can keep it going. It's nice to, at the very least, have it in the middle of a week when people don't have a chance to uh, sit and stew over a weekend. The only macro information that I got this morning to affect the economy, again, not good news. You and I have been talking about uh, the rise in interest rates going to affect the mortgage market. Uh, The Mortgage Bankers Association showed mortgage applications ending last week down 13.1%. Now, data you know—data points are things you don't look at and say there's a trend there, but it's been going down recently. It was down 5.4% the prior week, down 13.1%. Some folks may very well be taking a rest and wondering whether or not this is the time to borrow money. My in- instinct is they're only going to go up from here, so buy when you got a chance would be kind of a short-term advice, wouldn't it?
0: I, I think so. I think you're right. We know interest rates are going to go up. That means mortgages rates are going to go up as well. Um, You know, this is the biggest uh, drop we've seen in mortgage applications in two years, I think the headline said. And so, uh, yeah, yeah, as as interest rates continue to to rise, uh, we're going to see less and less mortgage applications. But folks, if you're in the market for a home, um, you know, they're just going to get higher, I believe, over time.
1: Absolutely. The other thing that hits with mortgage rates going up, generally there's not a one-for-one correlation, but there is a correlation between mortgage prices and home prices. As the rate goes up on mortgages, the rise in prices for homes starts leveling off, and that's going to take a few more off the market, folks that are thinking, well, maybe I better wait till the next bump before I sell. And with a supply issue in terms of homes for sale, it's going it to be a little bit of a warp in the real estate market as time goes on, as we find a, le- a new level of equilibrium between prices and mortgage rates.
0: You're, you're absolutely right, Dave, and that, that is uh, going to affect um, the price you get for real estate. So if you're on the selling side, you know, you would be, uh, you know, it might be good to sell now. And if you can wait a year before you buy, you, you, you'd probably be in good shape. Now, that would
1: be darn close down to perfect timing, too, because a cash sale in about a year from now is going to look a lot better than a cash sale now. But a sale right now, if you're the owner, is just about the right time to do it. Because uh, even even my most optimistic real estate agents are saying we're pretty close to the peak right now because everybody expects it to level a little bit. And the cynics that have seen Florida cycles have a little bit more cynical outlook than that. I'm kind of counting on a leveling off more than anything else.
0: Yeah, I think so. I mean, just because we are different. I mean, uh, um, and then some some years has hurt us. I think in the in the years to come, it, it's going to help us in terms of growth and real estate because, hey, you know, we've got people coming here for all four directions, um, kind of unique uh, to our area. You got people over on the coast that get tired of the coastal living and the traffic and they sell, get high prices, come in. We're buy something a little cheaper, same thing for those people north and south. So um, we may continue to see real estate do okay. I mean, like you said, I think it'll flatten out as far as pricing uh, and maybe even drop a little bit, but we won't see some of the doldrums that we could see in the Northeast.
1: I certainly don't see another 2009 crash like we all suffered through back then, do you?
0: I, I don't. I don't see that happening. Um, I tell my flipping friends that want to flip their real estate that I would be cautious um, because everything doesn't just keep going up.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I I think the the skyrocketing prices might be leveling off, but my suspicion is. Uh, we've, We've got a boom and bust history here in Florida, but I don't see a bust coming off of this. But just with the interest rates going up, I see home prices leveling off a little over the future. And as you said, maybe drop a little bit, but we're still going to be a good real estate market to buy in. Other things going on with that dip yesterday. I was laughing about this when we first got on the phone together. All the pundits are out now saying it's time to buy the dip. Here's how you make money in a bear market. And You know, you and I have talked about this before, about the dumbest thing a person could do is to try to time a dip or a peak. You do things based upon your own needs and your own planning and minimizing risks. And don't go crazy trying to time a dip or a peak in the marketplace. But the pundits are out trying to say they know how to do this stuff. Boy, it's amazing they don't own a small country by now.
0: You know, if they were that good at it, um, they, they, they wouldn't need to be broadcasting it. They'd have more money than they'd know what to do with. Um, <laughs> yep. and, and, and it wouldn't be an issue, but, but they're, they're, you know, most of them are trying to sell a newsletter trying to sell a subscription. They're, they're selling something. And, and so we continue to say, there is no way you can time the market. Um, uh, yep. people that hit it right. You know, I hate to say it, but they were in the right place at the right time and had a little luck on their side.
1: I think so. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you and I can make a lot of money. Let's just go out on a limb and predict there's going to be a bear market sometime in the future.
0: Exactly. You know, now when <laughs> that's a different story.
1: Yeah, if it takes ten years to know, we'll still say, "Hey, look, we called it way back in 2022." That's right. It's. The- It's silly. We also have, of course, the Ukrainian situation going on, and all the uh, pundits and uh, foreign policy experts are looking at it and saying, "Okay, fine, we've clamped down, we've decided for our first set of sanctions. Biden has sanctioned the banks in Russia, so consequently they don't have access to the credit facilities in the Western world, and the Europeans and the other basic industrialized uh, countries have all pretty well followed. Russia's next step, well, what have they got that we want? Oil. We're saying we won't buy oil, but that means somebody else is going to. So what's Putin going to do with that? Maybe cut back production and hit us in the pocket even worse.
0: Well, yeah, because, you know, even if we don't buy it, somebody has to buy it. And if they drive the price up, that's going to drive the world market price up as well. And so even though we're not buying their oil, we're buying somebody's oil and uh, and uh, it, it could go up in price.
1: Exactly. Something that, you know, when we talk about, you know, domestic production and self-sufficiency at energy, which is a worthy goal without a doubt, is the fact that the market for oil is still a global market. And if uh, one country that provides a big chunk of oil, and they are the number two oil producer in the world, if Russia decides to cut back their production by 15 percent, the world markets are still going to go AP over it.
0: You're right. They, they will. And uh, and that's a good case for us being oil independent and being able to suffice and, and produce the oil we need right here in this country. And, um, you know, that's one of the things I think this administration is missing out on because they have uh, really cut the legs out from underneath that process.
1: They have. they They have definitely sent a message that we are less energy friendly than we were before this, and uh, it's definitely affected the world oil markets and our domestic prices. Aside, we're still in earnings season, and we had a bunch of reports up, and I'm seeing a lot of green ink at the top of the pre market trading for Lowe's. They must have had a pretty good report.
0: Hey, Lowe's did. They. They came in pretty good. They beat by seven cents a share. Uh, revenue topped uh, forecast as well, and they gave an upbeat. Uh, guidance for their full year um you know tools and building materials remain elevated and so uh they, they did have a good quarter they're trading up today three and three quarters percent uh that's eight dollars a share up from where they closed yesterday
1: now as i remember home depot had a little bit of a hiccup in their report i don't remember what it was but it wasn't as glowing as lows when they came out the other day
0: well, the report was good. We just couldn't find out why they were going down in value uh, because they started out the day up. Uh, but when you and I started looking at it, they were trading down like 3%. But that was a morning that the uh, uh, all the futures were, were pretty substantially down into the red. So that could oh, have been affecting
1: Home Depot at that point in time. I remember there was something that was happening weird with Home Depot when their report came out. And I didn't remember what the specifics were. Other good
0: indications we got this morning? So the other one we had is overstock.com. I didn't have the revenue number, but I know they beat on earnings. And they must have had a really good quarter across the board because, uh, man, Dave, if, if they're not your big winner today, they must not show up on anybody's list because they're up almost 23% this morning um, at $44.80. So they're up $8.35 from yesterday's close. Good heavens. <laughs> yeah. nice nice bump for them
1: internet commerce reigns supreme sometimes doesn't it
0: it, it does you know and they, they so they've done well now on the flip side of it tupperware you know the old name for you know refrigerator storage stuff um they uh they're down this morning uh, revenue was above what was forecasted however they missed by 14 cents a share on earnings um They said, quote, we're having some challenging operating conditions. Uh, Yeah, really. Uh, So, uh, (laughs) yeah. So they uh, noted that in 2021, they did see top and bottom line growth, just not as much as everybody wanted to see. They are trading down today, 7.6%.
1: Ah, geez. Got time for one more?
0: All right. So we've got, uh, well, you tell me what you want to see. I got Mosaic. I got Caesars Entertainment. I got Galactic and I've got Palo Alto Networks. What do you think today?
1: Well, Mosaic is a local company. We got a lot of Mosaic operations up to the north of us. What are they doing?
0: All right, so Mosaic—they're um, uh, suffering a little bit today. Uh, revenue was below expectations. Uh, they're seeing a lot of, uh, of issues there. Revenue was just down, and so they're um, they're expected to be able to increase their pricing, which should help revenue and earnings. But
1: Mosaic is trading down this morning 3.8%. Well, shucks. I was hoping I'd found a good one there. (laughs) Setting the table yesterday was was El Stinko. Dow was down 483 points. S&P was down only 44, but that was enough to get into uh, correction territory. The NASDAQ fell another 167 points, 45 minutes before the real money gets thrown around. Philip, I'm looking at green Inc. How much is there out there on the futures?
0: Hey, Dave, I'm seeing green ink too, man. It's looking really good for a change. We've got the Dow up uh, a little over six-tenths of a percent. That's $222. The S&P 500 up three-quarters of a percent. That's like $32. NASDAQ 100 up 1.1%. That's looking really nice, Uh, $154. So, So things looking good on that front. Commodities, though, obviously, because the market's going up, are suffering a little bit. Silver's down a third. Gold's down a third of a percent. And crude oil is basically flat
1: right now at $91.84 a barrel. I would love to see it stay a little flatter than that. World markets, it was uh, kind of an up day on the Asian rim. Japan was off by a bit, but China and Hong Kong, the mainland markets and the Hong Kong markets all up. Europe is also going through a recovery now saying, oh, maybe we can get through this mess with Ukraine. Uh, German, French and British markets are all up between uh, a half and a full percent halfway through their day. Getting advice for coping with the kind of upset that happens in the world today takes a new set of eyes. Okay, how do I get a hold of you to find your eyes to help me find my way through retirement?
0: And then give us a call at 863 382 0037 and a great opportunity to go through our core retirement design process where we can help you design the retirement you always dreamed of. Again, that number is 863 382 0037. And then catch us. This weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. at noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730
1: and 95.3 FM. And back here again tomorrow morning. Philip, thank you so much. We'll see you tomorrow.
0: All right, buddy. You have a great one.
1: Be well. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services, Philip Statler.
0: Hey folks, again, I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope your week's going well. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow morning, same time, same place. Until then, have a great day.